Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we magnify and we glorify your precious name. How marvelous is the name of Jesus. How awesome are your ways, Lord God. And how far your thoughts are above ours, Lord God. So this moment and this hour, Lord God, I pray by your spirit to move upon us, Lord God, to open the ears of our hearts, Lord God, and our spirit, Lord God, that we may be able to hear from you, Lord God. Not just hear what we want, but let us have an ear to hear what the spirit of you, Lord God, is saying unto us, the church. As you said in your word, he that have an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying unto the church, Lord God. So right now, Lord God, move by your spirit and have your way and speak to our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. If you will, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I believe that God just wants to speak to us for a few minutes uh, an encouraging word. God wants to encourage us on today with just a simple uh, understanding. He wants to just, I think he just wants to touch on some things that he's already been speaking to our hearts, but he just wants to bring forth a little encouragement because we gonna need it. We need God's encouragement. And so 1 Corinthians, as you get there, chapter 15, we're gonna read verses 50 to the end of the chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 50 to the end of the chapter. And I guess if we have the title of the message on today, it would be Our Final Victory. Our Final Victory. So the word of God reads here like this. It says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Somebody hear what the Lord is saying. That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, and at the last trumpet, my friends. Hear what thus saith the Lord, because this is a word of encouragement, my friends, for those of us that believe in him, those of us that have received of his spirit, those of us that have a reservation in eternity. There's a message from the Lord today that behold, he says, I tell you a mystery as he spoke to them 
as well as us. We shall not all sleep. So what that means is that uh, we shall not all uh, even pass away in this flesh. That somebody at the coming of Christ Jesus, somebody is going to be in this flesh. So here the word asleep means to die physically. And that only means, well, for most of us, we understand that, yo, uh, again, unless Christ comes, then, yo, we're going to die. The Bible even says that that is appointed once for a man to do what? Come on. And then the judgment. So here the writer says that we shall not all sleep. That, uh, don't get caught up on that because all it simply means is that the, uh, it speaks of a coming of Christ Jesus. And when he comes and it speaks to a, t a present time, it speaks to the time of the church. So this is when we say the time of the church. We're just going to take our time here if that would be all right, my friends. Because see, when, when the Bible speaks of the time of the church, then it's speaking of a, uh, the time of Jesus Christ coming, dying, being raised from the dead. Glory be to God, to the glory of the Father. This is, is, is another reference. It's called the church age. And uh, we, can all, we all, it's, it's personal to each and every one of us because we live in that age. This age started over 2,000 years ago when Jesus came here on earth in the form of a man. Hallelujah. So we're talking about the present age. We're talking about the church age. It's all the same thing. And here the reference to not all will be asleep is talking about what Jesus is coming for the church age, for the saints of the church age. It's also known uh, not that the word is mentioned in the Bible, but here we'll see that it's mentioned. It, it, it's a reference to being that Jesus is coming and those that are believers from the church age, from the present age, will be caught up. Somebody say caught up. And if you understand what the, the meaning, uh, there's a word that means caught up in the Greek. Or, and actually, and it's now been translated even to the English language. The word uh, that means caught up in the English language is called rapture. There's a rapture that's going to happen, my friend, is what this is saying. And that rapture stands for one thing and one thing only, and that is when Jesus come back for the saints of God in this present, in the church age. We want to make this clear. In the church age. Why you keep saying that, Pastor John? Because what I'm saying is because the rapture only involves the saints of the present church age. It does not uh, involve the saints of the Old Testament. So the saints of the Old Testament will not be raptured when Jesus comes to rapture the church. This is just information if you didn't know that. Because without it being very clear, we would think that when the rapture happens or when we get caught up, whereas it, uh, as we read a little bit further, the description of, of, of how Jesus is going to come back for his bride, which is the church, that if we're not uh, informed, then we would think that this includes all believers, even going all the way back to uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Adam uh, even. No, the church that he's coming back for, that he's going to rapture, is the present day church. 
which is the church of Jesus Christ, which is the present believers from the time that Jesus died and was raised from the dead, called the resurrection, my friend. Let's read a little bit further in verse 30, uh, 52 now. It says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will uh, rise incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Hallelujah. For this, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Somebody say, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. This is a powerful passage of scripture for us as believers that, that to encourage us, my friend. And it starts with, with the understanding that every Christian who has been born into the family of God during the church age will be changed and raised at the last trumpet. Every believer from this present age or the church age that uh, you know, will be, that's of the family of God, every one of us that, are, that have accepted Jesus and that God has sealed for the day of redemption, that God has accepted their the, uh, the true belief in their heart because it ain't whether Pastor John accepts your confession of faith. It's only if God can uh, accept your confession of faith. And we know how the Bible describes the, the one that God uh, uh, accepts. And that is the one, come on somebody, that is described in the book of, uh, of, of Romans, is described in the book of Ephesians. Yo, in Romans, it says it really well that Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that one must believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. And this belief in your heart is a true description of one that, uh, that have, have been broken, a heart that has been broken, an understanding that has come that God has sent the only begotten, his only begotten son, that he loved us enough that he would give his son in our place to take our place. <clears throat> you know, I'm not sure all the time that we really understand that even, I'm talking about to the depths of what Christ has done. Do you realize that what Christ done is he took your place on the cross? See, if we don't really get a clear understanding of this, then we'll, you know, we'll arbitrarily go through the, the, the thought of Jesus being Lord. But do you realize that because you and me, we all were sinners and we all were guilty. 
that what Christ actually done is he took, somebody say this, he took my place. See, because that's exactly what happened, that Christ took your place on death row, my friends. That it was you and me that was supposed to die. But because of the love of God that sent forth his son, that you didn't die. See, some of us can't fathom that because we don't think that we've ever been bad enough to die. He took your place. And you have to know this personally, that what Christ done, he didn't just do it for you know, some abstract thing. He did it for me. This is why we sing the song, he did it for me. Jesus came and died just for me. Why? Because he took your place at Calvary. It was supposed to be us, every one of us, hanging on that cross. And until we really get that understanding, then we, we, we can easily go through the motions of being a believer and it never lands us to the heart that will give our lives unto the Lord for the rest of our days. See, because that's what the meaning and the aim of all of this. This is why you see so many Christians, quote, unquote, you know, uh, go to church, believe in God, but never follow him. Let me be a little nicer. This is why we see so many Christians believe in God, but yet they, uh, they do their own thing. This is why we see so many people that believe in God and want eternal life. When this is all said and done and everything is the end of all of this, they, oh, they, they, oh, I want to go to, they want to be in the presence of God. But in the meantime, and in between time, it's, they're not willing to follow him and die to themselves. Not even willing to praise him. It, or worship him in spirit and truth. We want to give him the worship we want to give him. We want to praise him when we feel like it. See, come on, my friends. God is really wanting to speak to our hearts because this, when you see it from his perspective, when you see it from the truth, how foolish is it that a man will, uh, and, and, and because we don't understand we know and believe that Jesus came and he died on the cross for our sins. No, he died on the cross for my sin. And until I understand that, till, and what that means is that he came and he died on the cross so I wouldn't have to when I deserve to, that he came and he took my place. Until that really rings in, and this is why it's important that it rings in because when it rings in, it does, it accomplishes one thing first and foremost and above all things. It puts a, a proper perspective on the rest of my days. It gives me an understanding of the rest of my days that my days now for what he has done for me that, and, and, and what I have in store, glory be to God, that my time now belongs to him. And it's high time that the church begins to understand that your days, every single day, your every minute of that day belongs to the Lord as long as we are on this side of eternity. Why? Because we have hope of a resurrection. Glory be to God. 
just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, that we are raised with him when we are born again. When we accept him and he works the works in us. See, these are supernatural, uh, not natural works. Uh, how he bores again. This is what uh, the, 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 the young man, uh, Zacchaeus, I think his name was, or uh, in John chapter 3, that he couldn't understand, not Zacchaeus, Zacharias, or whatever his name, Zac Zacchaeus. We'll go Mr. Z. Look it up in John chapter 3. This is when he could understand uh, when, when Jesus said that we must be born again. And he said, well, I'm an old man. How is it I can't comprehend? How is it that uh, at, at an old age that I can go back in my mother's womb and be born again? See, this is a supernatural thing. Jesus explained to him that this is supernatural, my friend. That you have to be born of the water, the blood, and the spirit of the living God. You see, when God does that, and when he does that, as believers, my friend, this is important because what it does, it changes your, the rest of your day to day living. It changes the rest of your life. So we won't have a, 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 all of these churches that are filled with people that believe that won't follow him, that won't even die enough to themselves to, that God can use them to love, you know, to express his love that somebody else can come to know him. And this expression of being used by God ain't how many uh, times you can show up to church or how many times you can, uh, you know, do uh, this ministry and that ministry and all of this different stuff. No, it's, it, the real root of it is where is your heart at? It's how many times can you forgive the one that just stabbed you in the back? It's how many times can you actually for, uh, for love and continue to love those that, is, that despitefully use you? It's how many times can you fall on your knees and truly intercede and pray for those that is uh, coming against you? Because what you understand and what you see that this is more than me, this is bigger than me, this is about the kingdom of God and, and they need an understanding so it, and it takes my prayers in order to do that. It takes my forgiveness in order to do that. It takes my love uh, in order to do that. God working his love through me in order to do that. And the truth of the matter is, is yo, uh, man, when, when all of these things happen, we don't think about that. When that person does that thing to you right there on the spot, are you thinking about that? Or are you uh, thinking about, hey, you ain't finna uh, do me like that. And all of the, and how we react to in these moments. This is what he's talking about right here, right now. And there's so many people show up to the service. They'll show up to this and they'll show up to that. But then as soon as somebody does something to them, you know, uh, at home, at the store, driving down the street, where is following Christ then? And that's the place that he needs us to follow. So the indication ain't how many times that we show up to church. Because if we truly love him and this is working in our lives, yes, will we show up to church? It ain't no doubt about that. That's the least of it. 
when we show up to help out and do the, the, the work of the ministry, it ain't no doubt about that in terms of showing up. But the truth of the matter is not just showing up, it's, 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 can it show through you? Can the ministry of, of Jesus Christ show through you? So are we always talking about somebody? You know, or is the words of our, our, our mouth seasoned with salt that speaks life rather than death, my friend? That speaks blessing rather than cursing? See, and the whole point of us understanding our, the, our final victory is for us to know where our destiny is. Because in knowing where our destiny is, it gives us a path to walk today. Let's look a little bit further in this. It's interesting because when Jesus returned at the rapture, the grave will be open and believers will, be, will ascend to be with the Lord. That is the resurrection of this age. And get this, with the resurrection of this age, and when we understand it, it gives us a confidence and that confidence that it gives us is of our destiny. Christians can conduct uh, their service for the Lord with strength then. See, then we can begin to uh, you know, work the works of the kingdom here on earth or conduct our service for the Lord with strength. And not our strength, but his. This resurrection hope should inspire us to work in the ministry rather than pass with, 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 with uh, excuse me, let me say it like this. This, uh, the resurrection hope should inspire work and ministry rather than passivity. The redeemed are truly a people with something to live for. See, when we understand this, then we understand that we are truly a people to work for. Yo, yo, we're, uh, a, a truly as redeemed people, we have some work to do in the work of the kingdom would take precedence over all of these natural things that happen in our lives. That we won't be consumed by all of the, the mess because the, the, the Bible is clear. The word of God has always been clear to us that we live in this world, but what? We are not of it. And, it never, and if, 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 if we've been taught the truth, then it tells us that those who desire to live godly will suffer persecution. So you're, the, the, the world and the circumstances is going to always come against us. But he didn't tell us that for us to find some comfort in falling into the trap of it. He told us that, that we may be aware of it so we can stand strong on and continue to fight the good fight of faith that we can be able to stand strong and be uh, steadfast, unmovable, always or continuing to uh, abound in the work of the Lord, that we're not distracted from the work of the Lord, but that we will realize our time or the time of the rest of our stay here is about the work of the Lord. And some of them saying, well, we hear this all the time. Yeah, you hear it, and you're going to continue to hear it because that's what it's all about. The question ain't how many times we hear it. The question is now when we're going to start doing it. Truly, when are we going to really start doing this? Because this is not 
uh, just a fairy tale that God is telling us to hear the story and then go out and, and go about our own merry way doing the same old thing the same way. No, he's causing for a change. And the, just, and the change that he's calling for us to live in now is representative of the, uh, our final victory. Because it says that not all will be sleep, but guess what? All will be changed. And the change that he's talking about is that he has promised that every one of us as his dear children will be changed. And how will you be changed? You will receive a glorified body, my friend. And God is faithful to keep his promise. Why is he, we, do we need a glorified body? Because corruption cannot take on incorruption. Mortal cannot take on immortality. And see, the change that we're going to experience is we're going to experience incorruptibility. We're going to experience immortality. That we may be with him forever. See, this is our final victory. This is the guarantee of eternity in our lives and what it really means. And finally, then, it can be said, death, where is your sting? See, because death is going to be swallowed up and put in its rightful place, my friend. Hades is going to be followed, swallowed up and put it in its right place. See, at this resurrection of us, Christ has already been resurrected. And that is the sign. Glory be to God. That is the sign. This is why he says that just as he's been raised from the dead, that we have been raised with him. Come on, somebody. Do you understand the importance of understanding that the resurrection is everything and that when we are born again, that we are raised to new life in Christ Jesus, that it is a resurrection. And it represents our resurrection. Glory be to God. And we, man, not that, uh, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but boy, we, we got it, we, we blessed. Because do you realize out of this, there's the, the Bible refers to the first resurrection as it pertains to us. And the first resurrection, let me explain to you what that is. The first resurrection involves the resurrection of the present day church saints. Okay. And that's called, that's at the rapture. At the rapture, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of us who remain will be caught up with them and to meet him in the air. So that resurrection is for the present day church, the present age church. And then seven years later, because then that's when the tribulation, the time of tribulation is going to start. And I'm speaking here from a, a pre-trib understanding. I don't know what you are, but I just know what the Bible says. And the only thing that makes, well, I, let me not even go there. I'm speaking from a true pre-trib uh, point of view, okay, in there. And the Bible says that when the church is raptured, that the trip time of tribulation will start. And then it speaks of, in the book of Revelations, in Daniel also, chapter 2, that in, at the end of the seven-year tribulation, that there's going to be another resurrection. And that resurrection is going to be of those that were martyred 
during the tribulation and, somebody say and, and the Old Testament saints, those that were martyred during the tribulation, which shouldn't, hopefully it ain't me or you because we don't want to be left behind when the rapture happens. And if you are, then you're going to be one of the ones come along with the Old Testament saints, meaning that you're going to be in an experience some beheading and all kinds of different issues in order to be raised at that one. It behooves us to follow him while we have a chance and to give our lives wholeheartedly over to him and follow Jesus for the rest of our stay here. So when he do come, whether if it's in the if we are still here, then we can be raptured up. If we are dead in the grave, then glory be to God, we definitely need to come up. Hallelujah. So these, let me say it again. The second part of the first resurrection happens after the tribulation, seven years later. And that happens at the time where the, those that were martyred, mean killed, during the tribulation for, because in order, for the kingdom in there, and the Old Testament saints. So that's when Adam, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of the Old Testament saints, they're going to be resurrected at that time. But all of that period of time, the New Testament saints, us, and the Old Testament saints as well as the martyrs, all of that is a representative of what they call the first resurrection. Okay? Of the first resurrection. And here's the key, my friend. We are blessed because even of the first resurrection, we come first. Hallelujah. In there. I just thought I'd throw that in. Just another form of being able to be appreciated, you know, or appreciating God in there. But then at the same time, you know, it, bring, it comes with a real responsibility. Because I'm telling you, what, if we understand what this says, that if Jesus don't come today or tomorrow or in our lifetime, that means that all of us, if he comes in another lifetime, meaning that uh, down the road and all of us in here and then passed away, then our only hope to resurrection is once, once and once only, once and once only. So if we don't die in the Lord, you won't be raised in the uh, rapture, my friend, of the church. If we don't die in the Lord, we won't be raised in the rapture of the church, in there. And for you and me as believers, we have safety. We are in the safety of the arms of the Lord. And so I'm not saying that there would anybody be scared. I'm saying that because what we got to be able to see in our lifetime, all of those people that, ain't, that don't know Christ. And if a person dies in our time and don't know the Lord, they're not going to be raised at the rapture, my friend. They're going to be raised after that when, uh, when the second resurrection happens. And you don't want to be in the second resurrection, my friends. We want to be a part of the first resurrection. Whether that's, whatever that is, whether, uh, even if it has to be doing you after the tribulation and you are one that is martyred, it would be better to be a part of that first, to go through that even than to not, to be in the second resurrection because all that's raised to the second resurrection is raised 
with a destiny that is not in the presence of God. We'll talk about that more in detail. But the thing that I'm saying more than anything, not again to, to for fear in you, unless the shoe foot. If the shoe fit, then you better put it on some uh, the reverence of God right now to give your heart wholly over to him to follow him for the rest of your days. But more importantly, for each and every one of us, it ought to give us a heart and a passion for the loss. So instead of cussing out the people that cut you off or the people that lie on you on the job or the people that do this, that, or whatever, then it ought to break our hearts that they doing such a thing that will put us on our knees to begin to pray and intercede and allow the Spirit of God to work in us through his love to draw them. Because if that person passes away in this lifetime, my friend, and they are not in Christ, woe to that man. There ain't no do-overs. There ain't no second chances. And it's nothing in this life worth spending our life eternal on. I'm going to say that again. There's nothing that this life has to offer any of us that is worth trading it or spending it on our, 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 uh, and trading our eternity for. Do you understand? What God is saying, because this is so, so important, my friends. And if we don't get this down, then even if we make it in, how many is God able to use your life for to bring in? How many others is God able to use your life to bring into the kingdom? See, and once we Receive Christ, and once we have our reservation, it's about him using us that somebody else can be enlightened to that same truth. And it don't matter how young you are, and it certainly don't matter even how old you are. No, you may not be able to travel like you used to over the highways and byways to minister the gospel, but what you can do what you do anyway, there's a wave that travels many miles, even when you don't. It's called a telephone. And many of us use that telephone to the detriment even of others. God is saying, now I need you to use that telephone to the glory of the kingdom. So no, I may not be able to travel to minister the gospel to someone across the country, but you sure can call them and tell them of the goodness of the Lord. As God leads you, you can do that. And we need to, my friends. So understand this. When it says in, 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 in verse 20, uh, go to 54 now in 1 Corinthians. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory?
But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. See, what we have to understand about this, my friends, is that death has its place in the end times and that Hades had her place in the end times as well. When you look in the book of Revelations, it speaks of this time. In Revelations chapter 20, the Bible speaks of un uh, understanding of just what we're talking about. It speaks of a time that when uh, the, the tribulation is over and then and Satan, uh, I mean, the, it speaks of the time that when the tribulation happens in, in Revelations 19 and, and 20, and, and then Christ comes for his church, the tribulation times happens. And after the seven years of tribulation, then with we come back with him. See, this is important, my friend, that we understand that we are coming back with the Lord. After the, and, and who's coming back with the Lord? The church. What church? The present day church. Those that were raptured, uh, those of us of this, of our generation from the, going back 2,000 years, those of us that are New Testament believers and, and, and saved and sealed for the day of redemption, those of us that was raptured with him, he's going to take us to be with the Lord, right? And then after the tribulation, guess who's coming back with him? No, Adam ain't coming back with him. Abraham ain't coming back with him, but you is. And guess what? When you come back with him, guess what you're coming back to? We are coming back, and then that's when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is going to be resurrected, my friends. We're going to meet them. Hallelujah. This is good news, my friend. And at the, in, 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 in Revelation, then it speaks of a time of this. And this is, the, this is very important, my friend. Because this is our final victory. This has got to be our encouragement and our understanding. Because God, Jesus, is going to take death at some point. And he's going to take Hades at some point. What is death? Death is, what he's going to take is death. Where there's death no more. Death is a passing away in the body, right? He's going to, it's a state. He's going to take that. And he's going to throw it in the bottomless pit. He's going to cast it in the bottomless pit where death has no sting anymore. No rain on the earth anymore. And not only death, but Hades. What is Hades? Hades is that state of death. See, death is, is, is one thing. Uh, now, once one is dead, then he goes into a state. Those that die in, and not in the Lord, then it's called Hades, my friend, and God is going to do away with both of them. He's going to take death where it ain't no more, and he's going to take the place that death abided in, where they lived in, the place they, they kicked it in, and he's going to put that in the bottomless pit, my friend. And this is where it says, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Because it has no sting and no victory over mankind anymore. Glory be to God. Because all things now will be all in all. 
they will all be put at the Father's feet. Glory be to God. This is the final victory that we have in knowing and understanding truly who and what we are in Christ. And it is final. Understand that this is final. And the finality of it is what ought to do something for us today. In the time that we live in now, the finality of this is what verse 58 speaks of. And it speaks to us right here and right now. It says, therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain, knowing that the, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Understanding, do you understand this? It's always be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So it's not talking about just be steadfast in, uh, in who you are, even as a believer. It's not talking about always being unmovable or, or being unmovable as a believer. No. It's talking about be, being a combination of steadfast, unmovable, abounding always in the work of the Lord. So this is talking about uh, being unmovable in the work of the Lord. This is talking about being steadfast in the work of the Lord, not steadfast in I'm a Christian and you ain't going to talk to me like that because I'm the head and not the tail and I rebuke you and all of this different stuff. Glory be to God. This here is specifically talking about us being steadfast in the work of the Lord, unmovable in the work of the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So what is it saying? What does that mean? What does that mean that is your life now until the rest of your days or the rest of your stay here is to be in the work of the Lord? That you don't belong to yourself. That we have been bought at a price. Again, we didn't hurt that all our life, but now that's what it really means. Not bought at a price and, and now I'm something. Because I'm a Christian. See, the mindset is all jacked up. No, it's to realize that yes, I've been bought at a price and then now I am a bond slave or enslaved to the work of the kingdom for the rest of my days. But glory be to God for that opportunity because guess what I have in store for me? The word says that I, ears have not heard, eyes have not seen, nor have it even entered into the heart of man what God has in store for us. So it's not worth trading for what you can temporarily see right now that gives you a little satisfaction only for a little while. It don't even last the rest of your days. That's what's crazy. So how could it even be tempting for something that's, that, that lasts eternity? You can't even give me what, what the, for the rest of my days, Satan. And all you have to do is look at it. You can see it all over the place because he'll lift them people up and they'll ride high for a minute. But every one of them that rode high, guess what happened to them? They all came down. You can name them one by one. 
Ain't none of them ever died on the top. Is it? Somebody thinking now. Ain't none of them ever died on the top. You can't die on the top. Death is not, is not on the top. So even if they, it lasted them to their death, they was on the bottom, my friend, because they headed to the bottomless pit. Hallelujah. It's impossible. Because the death that they die is one that has no hope. It's one that leads to eternal separation. So even if they died and they thought they was on top, as soon as they died, they realized that I'm headed to Hades. I'm in Hades, my friend. I am on the bottom. And you can't, there's no picture that you can even imagine in your natural mind of Hades being on the top. When you think of Hades, you're going to always think of, you're going to always look down. I don't know anybody that thought of Hades Deacon and began to look up. Even the natural man ain't going to do that. So that ought to tell us something, glory be to God. God loves us with an everlasting love, my friends. Come on, let's give God some praise right there. Hallelujah. And he is certainly compelling us and charging us and challenging us, yo, about the one thing that's most important, and that is are we willing to die to ourselves today that we may live for him throughout eternity? In there. God, as yo, and, and, and for those of us, all of us that's, that's in this place right now, that have given our lives unto him, yo, and he's made a reservation for us in eternity, then what, there's no reason for us to continue to struggle with yielding our lives over to him. And yes, it, this, this yielding goes beyond just coming to church service. God is saying this yielding goes into your, into your most inner man. It goes, see, because your inner man is in your household. Your inner man is, 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 is in the job. The inner man goes wherever you go. He's with you. And that is where he's calling for the change. Because if I can change and work with you through your inner man, then I can reach that outer man that I'm trying to appeal to through the light in your inner man. Come on, somebody. And see, some people, that's the only way that they're going to get to know him. The only way that they're going to be drawn to him is through a light that shines through you. It ain't going to be through your words. Because you can tell them this, that, or whatever. Because see, some of them, it ain't going to be by the words because some of them going to remember who you was. So it, the only thing that's going to shine a light to them uh, it's not your words ain't going to change who you was to them, but that light will shine on them and blind them to uh, and open their eyes to what the truth of who you are now. That your words can't. So as we have sung the song before, let our light shine. That's an old song my mom and them used to sing all the time. Let my light shine, you know, in there. I get it now, mama. I get it. Because that's truly what this time is all about. As a believer is that our light shine in the dark world. Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we need you. 
your word is so powerful and it's so sharp, Lord God, and it's such and it's so revealing, Lord God, that it teaches us on things that we just been heard but needed much more revelation. And so, Father, right now, Lord God, I pray that as you have spoken to our hearts, Lord God, that it's done something in each and every one of us it com that is compelling us to draw a little bit closer unto you, Lord God, that we don't stay the same, Lord God, but that we realize more than anything just a little bit more of the time of our stay here and what it's all about, that we die to the, 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 the flesh, Lord God, that we may be able to live in your spirit, Lord God, that we have to quit fighting and get angry with different situations, Lord God, but we have to allow you to stand in us knowing that this is an opportunity, Lord God, for you to show your light or shine your light through us, Lord God. And yes, that means our death has to be, I mean, our, 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 uh, our, our flesh has to be submitted and dead because the two cannot mix. The challenge is too strong. We cannot speak blessing and cursing out of the same mouth, Lord God. We cannot speak life and death out of the same mouth that we have to choose the one and leave the other. So right now, Lord God, touch the hearts of your people. Draw us closer, Lord God, one step at a time. You know where each and every one of us are on this journey, Lord God. And I just pray by your spirit right now, Lord God, that you will touch us right where we are. Lead us even to the next step, Lord God. Compel us, Lord God. Plead with us that our hearts break and yield, knowing and realizing that the time is nigh and the importance of the time, Lord God. There's so many people leaving this place every day. And many are leaving, Lord God, and don't know you to an eternal state of death and separation. And they won't have another chance. It's over. Let that not that blood be on our hands, Lord God. So let us yield our lives, Lord God, over to you that truly we can be steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.